Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. This week's episode features Beata Alfoldi. Beata is here to transform, heal, and empower your life. This is a deep and meaningful about living a life or crafting a life that is deep and meaningful. This week's podcast is sponsored by Lifecycle. Lifecycle are Australia's leading medicinal mushroom growers. They're focused on solving global issues using mushroom biotechnologies. Lifecycle's magic mushroom ranges enable and enhance states of well-being in delicious and convenient drinks. My personal experience with medicinal mushrooms is that in the last four years that I've been taking medicinal mushrooms as a health supplement in my morning tonics, I have not been sick for the last four years. My personal favorites are Shaga, Reishi, Cordyceps and Lion's Mane. A little bit about them. Shaga is great for your immunities. Reishi is great to recover and de-stress. Uh, Lion's Mane is great as a nootropic. And Cordyceps, great for performance. At the moment, the guys at Lifecycle have been, they've been so generous, so kind. They're really supporting the work that the Inspired Evolution is doing and they love the vibe that we're all about. So they're offering the listeners of the Inspired Evolution 15% off anything that you want to order from Lifecycle. So I'm completely humbled by this generous offer of theirs. So find your way to their website. Check out what's on offer. Again, my favorites are Shaga, Reishi, Lion's Mane, and Cordyceps. And get yourself 15% off. 15% off comes with a discount code with the name Amrit, A-M-R-I-T, my first name. Chuck that in there. Upgrade your health. Look after yourself. And tune into a yummy conversation here. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, and it is such a treat to be here today. Today, we are super blessed with the vibes from Biata Alfoldi. Biata, how are you? I am so, so well today, Amrit, on this very cold, 
wintry day here in Sydney, but it's an opportunity for us to actually get into some good, deep conversations. Yeah, that inward energy of winter to try to come in and have a real nice, yummy hibernation chat. Awesome. Exactly. (laughs) Around our imaginary campfire. Yes. Well, we will talk about the elements because it's you here and there's a whole bunch of conversation to have around that. But just for those listening in um, for the first time uh, feeling into Beata, um, Beata facilitates one-on-one healings. Um, She does nine-month memberships for women. Um, She runs global retreats. She does some really cool ceremonies like birthing ceremonies, wedding ceremonies. She presents at festivals. And all this has her travelling around the world, nationally here in Australia. She's over in Bali, in Mexico, in Thailand, in Peru, and there's bits and pieces happening in Europe. Um, And generally she works with people that have hit rock bottom. Um, she spent, these people have probably spent many years with scholars, practitioners, therapists, psychologists, and they've heard about her and the type of work that she's facilitating. Um, she very humbly puts it as she holds a mirror for people so that they can actually see themselves, um, for who they were before school, before parents, before religion, before government, fundamentally before society and anyone tells them who they're actually meant to, meant to be, um, she, yeah, she holds a mirror for people to see themselves, as she puts it, um, in all of their inner beauty and their own true magnificence. Such a treat to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Amrit. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely thrilled to be here and well done and congratulations on all this beautiful work that you're offering to, to the world as well. You know, we're, we're in that time of global awakening as we were sharing before and, uh, those of us that are connecting now, we're connecting definitely for deeper meaning and purpose. And that's not always revealed in, in our first meetings as well. So it's really exciting. Mm-hmm. There's, um, I think that segues perfectly into one of the deeper topics I was wanting to talk to you about today is, is the idea of global awakening because a lot of the work um, that you you offer, it's, it's very hard to, to miss. I think it sort of hits you like a massive sledgehammer with much grace. Um, the idea of this global awakening and... Um, I've, I've, you know, for the life of me for a while, there's, you know, this idea of global awakening has, has for surely been, um, I've always wondered if it's like me tuning into the fact that there's more organic stores, more vegan people, not saying that those are the definition of like spirituality and awakening, but more and more people are like looking at alternative paradigms, more like some, and for spiritual reasons, they're reasoning behind some of their motives as mm-hmm. spiritual. So I wonder if that's just me feeling into like, oh, Maybe I'm more aware and my reticular activation system is more like activated towards these people or, in fact, is there more and more of this happening? I think fundamentally I've been noticing that actually there is more and more of this shift happening and it's interesting because you can see it in the, like for me, identify it in the individuals that are around me and I guess what I'm trying to frame is the idea of what you articulate so eloquently is that the global awakening is about optimal human potential and it's just like it's a global awakening but it's about the individuals. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, what you were sharing before uh, about people um, becoming more conscious in their choices of food, in, in what they're uh, resourcing as far as the environmental impact goes and, and their community goes as well. It's, you know, it's alongside a spiritual awakening, I think there really is a movement towards how can we as a community live on this planet 
with more kindness and more awareness where where we're fostering uh, life-affirming qualities for every species, not only for ourselves but for our animal brethren as well as the environment herself. So I think that what I'm seeing is very, very exciting. For instance, when I was 18, and that was a long time ago, um, you know, there was nobody really else on a spiritual path. But as I've become older, and I'm 48 now, uh, I see more and more people around me. And also globally, we're talking about celebrities to business people to housewives to entrepreneurs and business people really looking at how can we foster effective and life-affirming change for ourselves and also our future generations. And we're starting to have long-term vision rather than short-term profit. And that's what really interests me. And I think that it interests all of us that are on this path. Amazing. And so how do you, like, I know that, you know, it does interest a lot of us, um, especially at the moment, but I know that your story is quite unique. So how did you end up being such a facilitator in such a unique space? Like I know, um, I guess I won't sidestep the, the topic of your conversation. Like you work with people that have hit rock bottom, like they're, you know, they're, they're the ones that are going through their existential crises. How does one, um, you know, in, I guess in the Inspired Evolution, what the, the common theme seems to be people seem to go through their own journey, pop out on the other side and whatever tools and stuff and whatever their greatest challenges were become their greatest gifts and they support people with that. Um, I've just been noticing that again and again. So mm. do you mind sharing some of your story and like what's what's been that? Not at all, Amrit. Thank you for asking. Um, I come from a professional dance background. I was in the West End. I travelled all over the world in, in various productions and then became a choreographer and director. From there, I moved more into uh, yoga and yoga facilitation and then I started a, a very deep path uh, into shamanic healing. Mm -hmm. uh, Travelling the world, working with Indigenous elders, I also received formal training here as far as a, a two-year diploma goes. But I would say my real training began when I started to work with Indigenous elders and curanderas and curanderos as well as the plant medicines. Going back to your question around what was my dark night of the soul, as it were, mm. uh, and why I, I guess I, I seem to be a, a light magnet for people that are really going through deep transformation in their lives no matter what they've got, whether they've, they've got houses and millions and corporate careers and all the rest of it, people are all looking for diff deeper meaning. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess through my own personal story, I lost my son in childbirth seven years ago when he was full term. And uh, A, that was probably, and well, it was the most painful and shocking experience of my life. It wasn't, it wasn't just, it didn't just stop there. I also two weeks later found out that my mother was terminally ill and she died of cancer. Um, and my then husband at the time and I divorced because of, I guess, the enormity of the pressure, even though we're still wonderful friends. He's a, he's a great person um, and lost money and all sorts of things. So it was like everything that I had identified myself with um, fell apart. and. What I was left with was, well, who am I when everything that I'd identified with has been stripped away? And who I was became very, very clear because of who I realised that I wasn't. 
So all of the spiritual practices and all of the beliefs as they were, then I call them now, it's not a, they're not beliefs for me anymore because I've really started to embody, uh, not started, I had to embody and start living this path and living my truth and not being afraid, as it were, of the responsibility that comes when you're moving forward in the world as a leader. Because as we grow in our responsibility, I also feel that we need to to equal that with our integrity. Therefore, we become people of compassion and we, be, we become people of wisdom. And this is something that none of us can learn. And we so often don't see it in our, in our world either. We see a lot of intelligent people, a lot of educated people, a lot of powerful people. But where are the people that are really holding true wisdom to champion our evolution forward so it does become inspired and inspired inspired living uh, is is in spirit it's from coming from that word in spirit and being aligned with spirit so uh, I don't believe that you can facilitate anything for others that you haven't gone through deeply yourself um, so this this is where I come from and when I say people that have hit rock bottom people that are really looking seeking a deeper meaning, a, a value in their lives. What can they offer their communities? What can they offer their families? How can they make their lives more meaningful? That's where we're really at. You can have all of the money in the world and still be an incredibly depressed person. And you and I see that all the time. Yeah, we do. And thank you so much for sharing that. That is quite the dark night of the soul. It certainly was, and uh, you know, I'm I'm so grateful that I can share this story now, and so grateful that I can share it in a way uh, where I have completed that healing. I have a I have a book coming out, Shamanism for the New Millennium, where I've written a chapter, and I'm also part of a new documentary film called Women of Heart that uh, really explores the heroine's journey um, through the eyes of. Uh, five Australian women and Maureen Murdoch wrote that book as a counterpart to Joseph Campbell's very, very well-known book, book, The Hero's Journey. Yeah. So uh, I'm absolutely thrilled to be a part of this and, and I'm also honoured to be able to share this story in the hope that it will inspire others to view life and death differently. Yeah, I think that's... Um... There's, there is something uh, like in that, there's plenty in that story. Thank you. But I think um, just getting a bit meta for a second, the importance of steroid storytelling, because you do a lot of storytelling for those that have even a spare moment, create a spare moment, please go check out some of Beata's work. I like just on YouTube, these videos that you've created, the art of storytelling and the elements and our relationship to nature the the I was smiling before when you mentioned your your career history in dance because it makes a lot of sense when you look at those videos it is phenomenal it's like a it's like a commercial for nature but with so much elegance and grace it's beautiful and so I think yeah I'd, I'd love to hear more about that <laughs> oh gosh well dance was always my first passion I, I began dancing when I was four I remember dragging my mum along saying I want to go and dance and and uh, it, it really became a form of healing for me as well uh, through really turbulent childhood and, and teenage years. And then, um, thank goodness, I excelled at it and uh, went to America, received a scholarship to America and then went straight to the West End. 
and was fortunate enough to get a, a job straight away. So uh, I always found the connection uh, with dance is my connection with di the divine because in those states of high-level creativity, whether you're a musician, whether you're um, a, a singer or whether you're an actor or dancer, we're really connecting in with the divine in those moments and we free ourselves, I guess, from some of the burdens of the, the mundanity of everyday life to, to connect with something that is much higher than ourselves and that has such beauty and depth and um, endless inspiration. Uh, I, I loved it and I feel so fortunate that I was able to have a very long career in that and then also continue to recreate myself and recreate types of work that are in line with who I am and who I continue to evolve to be, which is, yeah, I work fast. <laughs> I move fast in the world. <laughs> and so was the dance like where the storytelling probably like first dropped in for you as this, as this, because it, uh, it was very intriguing that you mentioned storytelling was healing and the dance was also healing. So is there a, is there a symbiosis or connection? Absolutely. Look, I think all life is a story. All of our lives are about telling our story and imprinting our story in the world. And, and through the medium of dance or, or art or music, these, this is where we're really connecting in with the oldest ways of telling stories, where we used to sit around the campfires, as it were, and, and share our stories through song, through dance, through all sorts of other mediums. This was how we used to share our stories through these very, very ancient practices. And, and what better way to tell a story is to actually embody it or to share a song with someone or to read a piece of poetry. This is where we're really revealing our souls to each other, as it were, yeah? Yeah, totally. Thank you. And I think you mentioned on their uh, embodiment and um, this is something I've been really curious to have this conversation with you about because I feel this kindred um, energy was something that you've shared, which is walking the path of the pathless. And I absolutely like, you know, the inspired evolution is all about trusting into the unknown. And that's kind of where I'm at in my journey at the moment, to be honest, it's just no idea what's where the chips are falling and it's just raining, but just like lifting up your face and going, ah, oh, rain, nice, you know, um, but it's that walking the path of the pathless, which how do you then embody? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
like not knowing what the journey is about. What do you embody? Like what is it that keeps you adaptive, dynamic? Like what goes into the embodiment in that story of the person that is walking an unknown story? Mm. Well, what goes into that embodiment is continuing to cultivate a moment-to-moment relationship with your life, a moment-to-moment relationship which, with what is perhaps arising in your awareness through a meditation, through a walk, through creating music, whatever it is. Uh, what I mean by walking the path of the pathless is that any truth that we hold on to, whether it's a, it's a religious truth or a spiritual truth, that we haven't actually embodied and understood and worked with ourselves is always going to be somebody else's truth, not ours. And it can be an intellectual awareness where you go, oh, I really resonate with that person. But until we have a direct experience with that, it's not a lived experience. So therefore, it's not an embodied experience. And I would say that you're probably more on track than most people because when we throw up the chips and we're waiting for them to come down, actually, that's where we're all at. Nobody knows what's next. People like to pretend or like to have their life plans to to foster some sense of security within this extraordinary mystery of life. But the invitation of the path of the pathless is to be where we are and to continue to see what is coming into our field of awareness and then to trust that and then action ourselves forward towards that. Does that make sense? Totally. And as you're sharing that, there's these things that are clicking, which is really interesting because um, it wasn't until I threw up the chips that people started coming to me to have these conversations and get coaching around purpose. And it was like the minute I sort of like surrendered the whole idea around purpose and it was just like people were now like being gravitated towards like, hey, what are you doing? You seem to be on purpose. And it's like when the chips are in the air, like you just said, that's you can find your state of being. So that's really awesome. And you also touched on a really deep topic in there, um, which is, I know there was this whole idea around intellect but not being intelligence, which I think is really deep. But I want to talk about truth because you mentioned um, like truth in that a lot, but you also have um, a really endearing philosophy on the fact that truth is not stagnant. Truth is dynamic. Mm, well, life is dynamic. Nature is dynamic. If we are completely in line with the natural cycles of life, nothing is stagnant. And yet we still have education system that is based on a 200-year-old model and way of working in the world. Um, and we have governments and, and certain policies that are so outdated and so Uh, geared towards a world that actually doesn't exist anymore and here's the struggle you know we're still working night so many people are still working a nine to five or an eight till seven and these are ways of being in the world that a they don't foster creativity they don't foster families they don't foster relationships with others but more importantly this type of way of living doesn't foster a deep relationship with self Hence, we get a lot of corporate people that have built these extraordinary uh, finances and houses and cars and all the rest of it, who by the age of 40, they've got burnout and they're like, I'm so depressed. I'm on antidepressants and I'm uppers, I'm downers, I drink too much. And the list goes on and on and on. And you know, this is so unhealthy, in, it's particularly in the Western world and in developed countries. Where, where have we lost our way? 
Yeah, there's a, um, you touched on the deep relationship with self and um, I think that that's, that opens up a, a massive conversation around, um, I guess, where one comes into connection to the self and why um, connection to nature is so important in that because it's mm. a big offering in the work that you do, right? Absolutely, absolutely, Amrit. And, you know, I would say that going even deeper to that is our disconnection with ourselves continues to foster that uh, that disconnection with nature because we are a part of the natural world. We've just forgotten that. Mm. Hence, we destroy Mother Nature and we destroy our earth all the time, not realising that we're actually destroying ourselves and everything else in the process. So the invitation for me is how can we continue to uh, deepen that connection with ourselves so that we realize on a very deep level that you and I are connected, you and I uh, and everyone else that is listening on this planet, we are all connected to each other in ways that we, we can't even imagine. And beyond this life, beyond the soul's, the soul's evolution and endless journey. We are so connected. Yeah, so it's interesting in that because our, our lack of connection is like, it's kind of like the friction that's about to spark the flame almost, right? Like, so, and that, does that come full circle with the human potential? Is that why do you think more and more people, like, what is the story there? Like, are, are more and more people suffering through this because there's an awakening coming or like what's happening here? Well, I think uh, uh, there's, there's many things there. I love your questions. Um, I think what we're seeing, uh, we're noticing a lot more people awakening and we're also noticing a lot more destruction for two reasons. Well, for many reasons, actually. We have access to a global internet network that we never had before. So here we have so much power as people that we never had before which means that we're connected. We, we can know when there is an event happening in Istanbul or Pakistan or, you know, North America within an instant and rally up people from all over the world to join a movement so quickly. We never had access to that. So when I, you know, we're talking about social networks, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, we have... A connection to a global community where we may not meet a person but suddenly they're on our network because hey our values are, are aligned so here we have a lot of power and we also have a lot more awareness with the plight of the world and how exciting is that this this is where the power is in the way that we can actually connect these days amazing it keeps coming back to that connection and i'm so interested. yes it does and and the global awakening was prophesized for hundreds and hundreds of years for many indigenous communities all over the world and we're seeing it now we we're kind of that we're we're living and co-creating the prophecy of the rainbow tribe where people from a, you know a north american i think it's a lakota prophecy a dinner prophecy where people from all over the world, people from many different races will come together and find that stream of consciousness and awakening and compassion and love and join together to create a world that is very, very different to what we've been living in, which is basically the dark ages. Mm, interesting. What's coming up for me around that is, um, isn't it like 
we're working, there's so much stuff that's coming out at the moment. Like there's been revolutions that are being made politically. Um, I've never really gone too much political on this podcast before, but like, let's just, just to touch on it, like um, same sex marriages and stuff like that. Right. And it's almost like we're ironing out these parts of ourselves internally that are prejudice to then facilitate greater connection. Absolutely. And, you know, you touched on a great point right there. All change can only happen from within. And if we're seeing it in the external world, then there is change going on with all of us because that conversation wouldn't have even been happening 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I mean, as as a woman living in Australia, even though I'm a Hungarian, um, you know, we weren't even allowed to vote in 1970. I don't think we we're even allowed to buy a house. Like, <laughs> I'm laughing because look how far we've come. We can, you know, I know, know you do. I'm, I'm a naturally incredibly sanguine and positive person. That doesn't mean that I'm a Pollyanna or we're not aware of the plight and the difficulties and the atrocities that are happening in the world. But why continue to put energy into that? There is enough people doing that. That's not going to create change. I'm interested in solutions, not problems. Boom. So it was a whole conversation conversation to be had around look how far we've come and the exponential growth of like where we're at with things. But I think I'm going to have to sidestep that for something that I feel is like super potent. Um, I guess the word that comes to mind is sadhana. Um, and sadhana is one's um, one's discipline, one's what one has discipled himself to, um, but it's mm. these qualities rather than um, a guru. So it's like you may be a sadhana mm. of, your sadhana may be discipline, your sadhana may be, may be power. You know, you may have different sadhana with different intentions in there. Um, but this idea of cultivating, like you said, the sadhana of cultivating good energy and like focusing on what's positive, even though there is all this noise going on around the sides. Um, I think I had to go down some rabbit holes myself, um, you know, especially when you start tuning into more and more open-minded topics, let's say that, like like maybe uh, there is in spirit. Maybe I am more energy than, you know, than I give myself credit to be, you know, what sometimes there are feelings in a room and maybe that's just the energy of the space. I don't really know what that means, but you're opening yourself up. Then there's this whole other kettle of fish that opens up, which is a whole world of conspiracy. And it was just like, well, like, mm. that's not serving me in any way. I realized no. like, it's just this rabbit hole of just darkness. And then it's like, okay, cool. So it's important to be open. And if I'm going to be open, what am I going to cultivate? And it's like that, that good, like good energy and just focusing on staying positive. And I think there's a really potent message in there, exactly what you shared, which is, you know, focusing on like how to, how to be the change. And it's like sharing what you want to see more of, even though you're aware of the other stuff, right? Mm, absolutely. And, you know, you said many things there that I, I completely resonate with. Uh, the thing that I am really passionate about is also alongside cultivating our intuition and our felt sense awareness, which is what you were saying when we're in a room and you're picking up all these things and I don't know what it is, but you do. Mm-hmm. We all do. We're actually extremely attuned to each other. We've just been taught not to be and to negate our feelings and to get, negate our intuition. I think the more and more I'm navigating my life and my world through the space of intuition, the more and more I'm also making sure that my discernment is 100% point on. Because if it isn't, 
then we're just naive and we're just opening ourselves up to everything and going, oh, yeah, that's amazing, that feels good or this feels bad or this is this and we put our judgments on there. Now, there is a difference between being judgmental or, or cynical as opposed to discerning. Discerning is knowing who we are and knowing ourselves so deeply that when a felt sense comes up, when we're meeting a person or when we're in a space, we can call it straight away. We don't need anyone else to, do, to say to us, oh, that wasn't true or this, this wasn't right. It's like, yeah, I know it is because I felt it. Mm. And therefore, that's how we navigate that space. So we do actually know so much more than what we give ourselves credit for. Amazing. And the cultivating of positive energy. So how does, like, in your own day-to-day, like, what does is, what is your sadhana look like? <laughs> well, um, I I, us- I love getting up very, very early. Like this morning I woke up at 5 o'clock and I, I make a cup of tea, I put on, or a coffee. I love my coffee actually. I'm not an anti-coffee person. Um, I light the incense, I put on a bit of music. I'll tune in and, and really connect in with how I'm feeling and then connect in with with any awareness that is coming into me uh, to my from my guides from my own uh, highest intuition and I, I really love walking that's my sadhana and and I guess you know my superpower is that I'm a, a catalyst for transformation it's what I carry in myself and it's what I really am able to offer others you know I'm a jaguar on this path and in that that's why I move so fast. And I always say to people, if, you, if you're going to be coming into my life and this is not an ego-based thing, be prepared for massive changes because that's how I roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, it's, and, it's, and it's how most of the people that are close to me in my life also move as well because if you carry that energy of anything, whether it's you see it as power or transformation or love or connection, then you're going to foster that and you're going to foster that at an exponential growth rate in others as well and activate that in others as well just by meeting because we're alchemical and energetic beings. Hmm. Amazing. I want to sort of go into that a little bit, which is how at what point did you know that your, this was going to be your service to other people? So you've got your own practice and, you know, like, like what was the stepping into that, you know, because it's quite like we hmm. discussed your dark night of the, the, the soul, which was thank you again so much for sharing that deep story and then coming like through that how did you know that this was going to be then like the work the next iteration of the work which is supporting people through their stuff like that's quite an undertaking right Mm, it is well consciously I I wasn't aware of it but you know I'll never forget holding my son in my arms and I thought uh, there there's got to be a higher purpose for going through such a uh, such a deeply uh, painful experience and I made so many promises to him and one of the promises that I made to Alakai was that I would no longer postpone my purpose and my service to the world and in that it's not that I had a conscious awareness but I, the only thing that I did have a conscious awareness about was that I knew that I would have a level of responsibility that I didn't have and and six months later, because don't forget, then I was helping my mother and continued to help my mother for the next couple of years 
through her journey and, and her journey into becoming very ill and then die, passing away with cancer, um, it, it was only through these very deep experiences and, and continued challenges for, for over a five-year period that I started to realise in my work with others that actually I'm noticing the type of people that are coming to me and I'm also noticing how, and it's not me, how through the work that I'm offering and that person's deep commitment to say yes, because, of course, it's a two-way thing, that I was able to foster deep change and transformation in people that had really hit a roadblock in their lives, whether that was relationships falling apart or death or loss or I'm in a career that I can't stand anymore, I've made all of this money, now what? So it was only because of my lived experience and what was being reflected back to me that I realised that actually this is one of my paths of service in the world and, and it's not everything uh, because I, I love being, I'm a, I'm a creative actually at heart. I have a lot of different projects and a lo lot of different streams of uh, inspiration that I continue to foster all the time and I love living in that space. It's juicy. Wow, thank you. I um, I think from there it's passion and purpose and I think it's really um, amazing that we've come to this because the realisation I've had recently is that a lot of people are like, put me on purpose, please, put me on purpose, please, put me on purpose, please. And it's like, for me, it's like, yeah, your purpose is something that you will share with the world, but for you, it's your passion. <laughs> so it's like, yes. and that'll become your purpose once you start sharing your passion. But what's That's right. is at this, at this juncture here, going into your, um, into your passion, you've just shared that there are many streams of passion, which is, yeah, like such an integral insight. Absolutely. And um, I love that, you know, our passion does become our purpose. And I, I go one step, uh, you know, for me, when I'm working with people, I go then one step deeper into that. And I go and I say to people and I share with people through group processes and, and you know, dialogue and drum journeys and all sorts of things, meditations. How can we know what we're passionate about if we don't know who we are and what juices us up? So we need to know who we are and we come back full circle to we must cultivate an awareness of who we are. Therefore, we can understand what our passion is and then it becomes our purpose. And how can we know who we are? We need to give ourselves time. A person that is working, you know, for, for someone else in a job or a career that perhaps is not aligned with them anymore that maybe was when they were 18 because... X, Y, and said that, said that they had to be a doctor or they had to be a lawyer or whatever, how do they have time to come back to themselves and take themselves out of their everyday life? Um, how, how, how do they have time first? When are they going to give themselves time? And also that is the moment where they're really going to start knowing themselves and in that finding what their true vocation is in life. Mm. <sighs> Amazing. I think I think that's going to carve into the next phase, which is like how do we, as you've mentioned, time to the self um, is an integral way to find out who we are. Mm. Um, what other dialogues or tools or hacks or connections or 
what else is in there in terms of facilitating my connect, finding out who we are? Well, well, the simplest way for me is to look around us, look around, and nature is talking to us all the time. She is in the in the animals, in the trees, in the ocean, in the parks, in the forests. Um, you know, if people would just take themselves out of the the four little walls that we live in most of the time and just go for a five to ten minute walk in nature, or even just place your feet on the earth once a day for five minutes, that in itself would foster a very different way of thinking as opposed to my connection right now is in between my four walls and there is nothing that is reflecting back to me anything else that is alive in this space other than myself. So, you know, I'm a huge believer in in just getting out five minutes every day, ten minutes every day, and even if it's just walking around your neighbourhood. Anyone who's suffered depression or dark night of the soul will tell you that uh, getting out every single day and walking and having some type of a physical practice but not necessarily in the gym because nobody that's going through a dark night wants to be with other people. I'll tell you that right now. Everyone wants to be on their own and, and one way that we can be on our own but continue to foster connection is to go out into the natural world and have a look. There in nature, everything is dying, but everything is living at the same time, and there is no struggle against that. Um, the more and more we understand and live from that premise that one day, and to acknowledge this, that one day we too are going to die, the more and more we're going to be driven to live and to live a, a life that is fearless that is magnificent, that is going to be the biggest version of ourselves because we don't live like that in the West. We push it away. We, we push it under the carpet. And therefore, people live like they're going to live forever. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You, you are living this life and, and you're going to be happy to live this life and one day your life's going to be gone and you don't know when it is. It could be tomorrow. It could be next year. We're so blessed to be here and yet people are living like they're going to live forever. No one's living realising the very fact that we are here for a short time. So, my God, people, live your biggest and your best and your most flamboyant life and do it with humility. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Fuel your sails with those winds. Because I like, I absolutely resonate with that. And the the, the idea around death is, um, I don't know, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. He's this he's this astrophysicist, and he's having this conversation. I was watching the other day with this gentleman who's interviewing him, and the interviewer go, and Neil deGrasse flips the tables and goes, starts interviewing the other person, and he goes, "If you could live forever, would you?" And the guy goes, "Of course I would." And he goes, "No, no, 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 stop." think would you live forever and he's like of course I would and then he's like no you you haven't thought about it and he's like isn't that what we're all going towards we're we're trying to work towards becoming immortal medical medical facilities are becoming better and better we're living every year age expectancy is actually going up by one year so technically if I'm like 30 now I'm going to live to 140 like that's you know but he goes it's actually the knowingness the real deep deep visceral knowingness that I'm going to die is what makes me 
curious is what makes me want to know. It's what makes me, I've got this one opportunity to pull things apart, become an astrophysicist, become a healer, be, share, share wisdom. It's like, it's the impetus that's driving everything because you've got this limited opportunity. But until you almost meditate on that, like you said, we'll daydream. <laughs> we'll, we'll daydream our lives away. And like so many people live lives of quiet desperation. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say to people, um, perhaps a, a more intelligent questioning rather than a fear of death would be knowing that we are all going to pass away would be how can we live a more deeply spiritual and connected life? How can we every day live a life that will inspire ourselves and others? And that could be simply walking to work in a different way. That could be simply having a different breakfast when you go out or sharing a different meal, reaching out to that neighbour down the street, cultivating little random acts of of uniqueness in your life every day so you don't get stuck. And as we get older, you know, I'm almost 20 years older than you, Amrit, you know, the insidiousness of rigidity and comfort and the everyday routine, it can it can steep in. I mean, I look at some people my age at 48 and I go, oh, my goodness, they're like 100 compared to me because they've become so staid in their lives. Brained and trenched. And it, Yes, and, and, and trodden down by life. And, of course, there's others that are also deeply inspiring. And it's not a judgment. It's just like this is what our everyday society does to people. It doesn't foster for us to really think. It fosters us to just go, just this, just do, 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 do. And in that we're not living. What's the point of doing if we're not living? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And coming back to that connection and uh, the spirituality that it enlivens and then from there going into the phase of, sure, I'll make a choice every day, like you said, just the small choices because the grain of society is not, there's no incentive, I guess, for the capitalistic model for you to make ulterior decisions. But if you do stop to smell the roses, let's say, then that's your own prerogative and from there this whole other world opens up. Correct, darling. As Krishnamurti said, I think it was Krishnamurti, the free, the, the man who thinks freely is the most dangerous man on the planet. <laughs> man or woman, you know, but in this term, you know, so it's, it, it is, you know, as you said, co- the corporations of the world, the, the structured religions of the world, and I'm not saying all of religion is bad, I'm just talking about the structured type of, of, mentality that it focuses on it doesn't focus on freedom of thought and freedom of thought is where we're really starting into it's where we start getting into terrains that are very very impactful and exciting and awakening and life-affirming for the planet and for each other amazing and i think in that when with the with the freedom of thought i think the last little click in there is like there's a there's there's fear that holds a lot of us back. Mm. And um, I know, like I know you've um, been quite bold in saying that there is no fear of fear of death. Um, I, I personally have a similar relationship. For me, death is not that fearful as much as the regrets that are going to come with death. <laughs> so I'm fearful of the regrets. <laughs> Absolutely. Me too, darling. I'm so with you, brother. Um, you know, uh, 
I remember one of these, uh, this beautiful woman on the retreat said, to, offered something to our group and she said, what if you were on your deathbed and the person that you could have been with no regrets and no fears met the person that you are now, how would you feel? Mm. How would you feel in that moment? And at the end of the day, because we fear death so much, that's why we fear life. You know, it's that fear that actually drives us. It's that unconscious fear of death that drives so many of our decisions. And I always say to people, if you take the what if to the nth degree, say, for instance, you lost your job and so what? What if that happens? What, what is the worst that's going to happen? You're going to have to maybe, you know, uh, sleep on a friend's couch or house share or any of those things. When we go into the what if and what if that happened and so what and so what and so what, at the end of the day when people break it down to what they think is the worst thing that could have happened in their lives, mm. it's, it's never that bad. Mm. And it's always like, oh, well, what was I afraid of? I don't know what I was afraid of. It's not that bad if that happened. Mm. Um, you know, so many parents, mothers and fathers come up to me and go, you've gone through perhaps the worst thing I, I can't even imagine. It. That's like I can't even fathom that my child would die. So uh, for so many, because it's not the natural order of life and so you know, personally having gone through what was my perhaps worst fear was that I would lose my son. Um, yes, did I go through an incredibly painful period? Absolutely. Did I go through my dark night of the soul? Absolutely. But what has come from that has been such a gift and such a blessing. And I have so much gratitude each and every day because in that I birthed myself and I birthed my life as well. And I'm still incredibly connected to my son as well. It's not like he has died now and passed away and, and we don't have a connection. It's actually even deeper than perhaps it would have been. I don't know. It, it's just, it just hasn't gone away and that's all I'm sharing. And, mm. and with my mother and with a very dear and old friend who passed away just recently, those connections continue. And not only that, my connection with spirit becomes so much more uh, tangible and uh, powerful and held in that. I'm never alone. I'm never walking alone. I truly have lived and am living that, that adage that we are walking with our ancestors. We are walking with spirit every single day. We are never alone. But now I have a lived experience of it whereas before it was an intellectual awareness. Yo. <laughs> I think that's bringing me towards a close to the podcast and I couldn't imagine like a more stronger message to leave people with is that they're always supported and always connected and always guided. So thank you so much. Always. We are always guided and we just need to trust in the process of our lives. If we look back on our lives, Amrit, Every step of the way, every meeting, every interaction, every opportunity, every loss led us to the next step on our journey. And that's, that's where we can really trust. Not, we don't if, if people don't have the trust in what's moving forward in their lives, trust in what's happened 
as long as you've navigated those spaces well and you've learned from your your mistakes or your seeming failures learn from those experiences and make a different choice and move on and keep looking towards the sun and never look back viva 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 la vida (laughs) wow biata thank you so much for your time your energy but more importantly, just the openness and the willingness to share your deep story. Um, thank you for, you know, not just the present moment that you're gifting us with the moment to, to access, you know, all your wisdom here now, but also all the, the past that's gone into that and, you know, m- much gratitude for the future that's coming out of that as well and all the work that you will do for all of us. So just immense gratitude for your blessings and the time here today. Um, for those wanting to connect to you, the easiest place to connect with Beata would be your website or what's the best place to find Yes, you? it's beataalfoldi.com, B-E-A-T-A-A-L-F-F-R-E-D-I.com. And Amrit, um, thank you so much. It's been such a such a blessing to, to share this moment in time with you, a fellow traveller. Oh. And just one thing before I leave, I really have an affinity for the fact that your last name is what it is for you. Um, every time I hear it, all I hear is it's all unfolding. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. It is a she, she kind of shares that kind of wisdom. <laughs> And guess what? My first name means blessed. So it's ah, blessedly unfolding. Oh, yes, blessedly it's all unfolding. Yes, viva to that. Viva. Thank you for your blessing, sister. Thank you so much, darling heart. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. Much love. Hey, tribe. Thanks for tuning in to another fun, enlightening episode of the Inspired Evolution. I've been loving all the feedback and personal stories of love, uh, health and growth. Your feedback and stories are incredibly welcome. The easiest way to connect with me is via my website, which is www.amrit-sandu.com. You can leave me a message or a comment. It's one of my highest values to connect, so I love to connect and love to hear from you. You can also find me on Facebook, Amrit Sandu. And if the content has been resonating with you, you can help the Inspired Evolution out in a big way by liking the YouTube channel, subscribing to the Inspired Evolution, or the Facebook page, like that please, at the Inspired Evolution, or by leaving a review on iTunes if you're on an Apple device. And also, if the Inspired Evolution episodes are inspiring an evolution within you, or you can feel the inspiration is valuable for your team to evolve to the next level, you can head on over to www.amrit-sandu.com to see how the Inspired Evolution can help you and your team thrive. Much love, tribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.